Well, hello there, film fans, film lovers, film goers, and of course, filmmakers. You have tuned in to the Flick Fair Film Festival official podcast with yours truly, Akil Wingate. And yes, this is the destination to find all the amazing films such as documentary, feature, science fiction, action, drama, comedy, romance, experimental, music video, all at one address, flickfair.com. So the big question is, why haven't you gotten your festival pass? It is so easy. Go to flickfair.com, click on get my pass to get your festival pass. And then you know what happens next? You can immediately plunge yourself into a cinematic world of adventure, romance, comedy, horror. You name it, it's there for the taking once you've gotten your festival pass. And you know what? It gets even better. You can take the world of movie magic with you wherever you go because the Flick Fair app is now available in Google Play and the App Store. Don't forget to download your app and watch the movie magic unfold before your eyes, wherever you are. Now, you hear that? That is the sound of a thump in the trunk of your car. What could that be? Well, as night unfolds, things go from bad to worse. And our guest today is here to tell us all about that. Right after this, you're listening to the Flick Fair Film Festival official podcast. The Flick Fair Film Festival official podcast is here weekly with exciting guests from all over the world bringing us their equally exciting films. But don't worry, if you've missed an episode, you can always go back and find every last one of this season's exciting interviews and exposés and deep dives into cinematic adventures right at Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast. Be sure to tune in weekly for the Flick Fair Film Festival official podcast. Valentine's Day is coming up and you know what would make an excellent gift? Well, a festival pass from Flick Fair. All you have to do is go to flickfair.com to get your festival pass for the one that you love. Or it could be just for you. It doesn't matter. Get your festival pass and enjoy the magic of the movie world. Now you can take the movie magic wherever you go. Download the new Flickfair app by going to the Google Play or App Store. If you've got social media, well, be sure to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. That's Flickfair. Be sure to keep up with all the latest news from all our exciting interviews from filmmakers all over the world. Flickfair. Well, before the break, I tease that our guest has come to unravel this tale of bad to worse when things just go absolutely awry. Let's not beat around the bush. Here is today's Logline. Logline. My name is Josh Bowman, and I'm introducing my short film, The Night Passenger which is about a man called Marty, who is going through a bit of a crisis, is hanging on by a thread. And after discovering a man tied up in his trunk, things go from bad to worse. Worse being a psychopathic Irishman who joins Marty on a journey through the city of Los Angeles. And there you have it, Flick Fair Festival listeners. 
That is our guest, Josh Bowman. <laughs> and, and he has brought to us this lovely film, this dark and lovely film, The Night Passenger. Well, uh, where do we begin? Talking about a stowaway, so to speak, uh, our hero finds a surprise guest in the trunk of his car. Yes, he does. Bloodied up. And that is where this story begins. So let's yes. let's dive let's dive in. Let's dive into this story. First of all, where did the idea come from for the night passenger? Well, the idea the idea really came. So I worked with um, the the guy who wrote the film, a guy called Matt Russell. He's my producing partner, and we've been working on a few projects together. And mm -hmm. we're producing partners, and we we had our first short film. It was a little sci-fi movie called uh, Eve, and mm -hmm. After doing that, we were sort of inspired to sort of make the world bigger. You know, we shot that over a couple of days in the desert in one location. Mm. And then, you know, the next next year we were like, okay, I said, Matt, you know, because he's a fantastic writer. Um, and I said, look, let's, I like the idea of a man, a normal, regular man in a city and, and things just go from bad to worse. Mm. Um, and there's actually, I'm completely forgetting the name of it, but there's a great Scorsese movie uh something hours i think it's called which is terrible i don't know the reference but it, it was we'll come back to that but i um i said just just have a go at that sort of idea as a jumping off point and he came back a couple months later and, and sent me the script and by the and way I it's loved after it. hours it's after hours there you go it was i knew it was hours something and um so yeah after hours um i i, I loved that movie I mean, it was pretty bizarre um kind of film but i liked the there was a lot of humor in it mm. and it was you know it's quite dark as well and i love that sort of blend of you know i love dramedies i'm a huge cohen brothers martin mcdonough fan mm. and um and so i said look you know let some of that bleed into this and, and and see what you can come up with and so he sent me this script and we, we obviously live in los angeles predominantly so we and i wanted to do something at night i really want to just flip off what we do the opposite of what we did and he actually made it very hard he said it in a car in LA mm. at night um and so we um and, and I wanted to do something a bit longer the actual my cut actually runs around 33 minutes and I think the cut you saw is probably around 20 something 25 mm -hmm. 26 minutes um I don't know what the better version of the film is but he came back with that script and and I and we made some changes and and sort of doctored it for a week and then said okay let's crack on and let's go and shoot this and um you know there's obviously a lot of psychological elements i, I can do spoilers here right we can talk about it's, the film i'm assuming up to, up, up to you if you want to spoil or not i'm, I'm game if you are <laughs> well i think yeah okay well if you're listening go watch the film or if you can try and find the film um watch it if not um here's the spoilers um he's we obviously are inside his head for mm. the film mm -hmm. and um you know I, again i was inspired by um collateral which takes place over one night big michael mann fan mm. I was inspired by fight club and fincher um and and obviously this psychological element to that particular film um and so we wanted to sort of just create this world i think la lends itself to that as well there's you know there's a lot of dreamers here there's a lot of like dreams that get shattered and it's yeah. there's a beauty and a real darkness to this mm -hmm. place 
Yeah, um, LA is a is a is a character all its own, isn't it? It, it the, really is. It, it really is. And and I wanted to sort of showcase that as much as I can, obviously under the constraints of budget and time and what have you. Um, but it's you know, and, and especially at night, you know, we 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 open the film, you know, at sunset and you know, it's really his he's beginning to kind of go into this other character and and so when he meets him in the alleyway um you know we obviously lent led to believe that it's 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 someone he's met there and it's mm -hmm. someone who's up to no good but you know we've, we're we were really playing the whole time with with this sort of good and evil and like the little person on your shoulder who's saying do this do this and and um and so i think we had some license with his with um the, the actor who played um the man, which was a great friend of mine, Richard Short, who's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we thought, okay, well, Matt's from Boston. Let's go Irish and fighting Irish. And, so, you know, we think of sometimes, you know, stereotypical, I can say this because I'm a little bit Irish, but, you know, they love to drink, they love to party, they're the, the, the life of the party, they like to tell jokes and they mm -hmm. sort of, they, we had license with that character really push it to, to a sort of, to sort of almost make the audience root for that character because Marty's so um you know sad and 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 and, and in his thoughts and we and wanted anguished. to kind of have yeah and yeah exactly yeah. and we wanted to have that sort of other side of 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 his character um mm. so really the two sort of opposites here um and and playing with that and and it's almost like a buddy movie in a way uh, to a certain extent like they have you know they they ultimately you know uh, i guess sort of confided or he confides in in the man and the man's bringing out of marty and until we we get to the end where he you know he obviously makes the decision that's enough's enough and and, and he, he'll take his own life so um, there's a there's an interesting there's an interesting contrast between this foil or so to speak the the devil on his shoulder um mm. marty's shoulder where the the major choice that he makes the very beginning of the film uh would make viewers, at least I, for me personally, question just how good Marty is to begin with, because he he stops the car and he opens the trunk, finds this stranger in his trunk, and and he shuts and, the trunk. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so so he he shuts the, the he shuts yeah, the trunk the and then gets back there. in. Yeah. I yeah. had a bump there, but so that was a highly illegal scene we shot there because obviously <laughs> shooting there would have yeah. cost hundreds yeah. of thousands on on the 101 freeway yeah um we and i can talk more about that in terms of the making of and how we got away with it which was only really by the grace of god or the film gods yeah. um but we and, and this is why matt is so great because he pushes me to uh, think outside the box and to, to to you know we have to shoot on a freeway if we mm. don't shoot on the freeway we don't have that energy of the cars and the busyness and and mm. the and the sound coming through yeah, the and that sort of yeah the stakes then he's if he's on the side of a street and he's on and he shuts the the trunk then then we're in trouble then then mm. why are we shutting the trunk but because he's on a freeway the guy's naked we maybe get away with it if he shuts it quickly and and and, and quickly dials the phone to to get help and he's he moves off um, so that was, yeah, that was maybe one thing that bumps. And I guess audiences who are alerted to that, uh, like yourself, you probably from there go, something's not right up. Like there's an unreliable narrator here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of, uh, some of the heroes or anti-heroes that we, we find ourselves, uh, empathizing with, but, but also telling ourselves mm -hmm. we 
shouldn't empathize with them. For example, mm. um, uh, the series Fargo with uh, mm. the, the season with, I want to say it's Kristen Dunst. Um, right. Where she also plays a character who has some uh, mental health issues. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, and she gets embroiled in a situation that is very, very dodgy to say the least and makes some very questionable um, decisions and by the by the and her whole nature is is one of sort of like a a doe a um mm. uh an innocent doe but yeah. the same so innocent doe has in yeah, yeah and the same innocent doe has done some very very dark things uh by the mm. end of the end of the series uh so we're 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 kind of uh uh you're on the journey with them you're led to believe yeah. that there's something they're not Exactly, exactly. And, this, and the, the same yeah. is true for Marty here, because we see that yeah. he's anguishing from top to bottom of this film until yeah. he, he makes his choice at the end of the film. Um, yeah. For you, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker and director, yeah. um, <laughs> this, is, this is my dark sense of humor coming in with this Yeah, question. go on, bring it. I love that. So, so when, when you have uh, these kind of high stakes, <laughs> As a director, mm. um, and you're communicating to your actor and your and your crew, what have you, and trying to convey these high stakes, but at the same time, lend itself to sort of the the oh, we shouldn't laugh at this, but let's laugh at it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you uh, sort of sprinkle those elements in the film? How did you sprinkle those elements? Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, I think, first of all, you get people who understand it and want to be a part of it. That's key. And mm. I actually assembled uh, people who I know, um, mostly, apart from uh, three actors. Uh, but the lead and the main sort of players were friends of mine and people who I know share the same sensibility. Mm. Um, there was maybe more comedy, or I wanted a little more, you know, now in hindsight, in my mind of what the film what I thought it might be, it was a little more comedic or a little mm. more, maybe just a little less like dark, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think, but that's just goes to show when you shoot a film, you just, you don't know, you know, there's three films, right? The writing script and then the film you shoot and then when you edit it. Mm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think what ultimately came out was okay. Cause I had music, different music ideas, um, I was going to go one of two ways and I went the sort of latter, but the first idea I had was really, if we, you know, if we kind of bring in some really the complete opposite type of music and mm -hmm. um, something to sort of um, not Monty Python-esque, but like make it much more um, really a lot more quirky. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, I think ultimately what we landed on was uh, this sort of electronic score and, and sort of inspired a little more like, by sort of Safety Brothers type yeah. sounds and and that sort of you know Good Times was also a, a reference for this. Um, yeah, the the ending the ending score is very yeah. kind of enchanting. You yeah, know, with, the, and, with and, the, the by the by the way it wraps up with this music at the end, it's kind of yeah, enchanting and like uh, yeah. 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 We. So we. You know, music's such a huge part of uh, of for me personally as a filmmaker. I'm. You know, I think it completely it can you know change a movie um mm. and we were very lucky with the composer that we got but we yeah ultimately i think to answer your question i think it's 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 finding the people who who get it and and can do their thing with the dialogue uh, i think we had you know there's a part with the 
the cop, which was actually a lot longer, the scene, but we just had to cut it down. And, mm. um, you know, I think you go for the, you go for the comedy, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't land or, or, and sometimes it does. There were actually parts of the film, which we weren't going for, for sort of any sort of humor there. And it came out humorous as you know, it usually happens. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's funny to me that, you know, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new to this. So, you know, it's only the second film I've shot. And um, so I was learning as well in terms of how a film really comes together from the ground up and um, yeah, finding those moments. I, it needed uh, humorous moments. I hope you found some of it. Oh yeah, funny. absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I guess, yeah, you're a dark, you have that dark sense of humor. So I guess you, you, and, and you know, if, gravitate towards that. If, if it weren't humorous, if there weren't moments and nuanced bits where it were humorous, uh, it mm. would be awfully heavy. Be very heavy. Yeah. Very heavy. And yeah. I, and I, and then again, like I would love it to be maybe a skosh lighter mm. just to, you know, if, you know, in hindsight, again, like crit being critical of it and, and kind of how to better it. Mm. Um, there are probably a couple moments, but, but, you can't have control of that because when you're shooting a film, it's dark. You know, the film is dark in itself. Like it's night and that lays on quite thick. Um, and uh, and then obviously the, what he's going through trauma wise, you know, it's, it's thick. I think like the ringtone, like little things like the ringtone. Mm-hmm. We played around with different sounds for that, right? <laughs> yeah. And and some of them were just ridiculous. Like we can't <laughs> have that sound, you know, that's just going to be, take us all so out of the movie. But you know, we landed on, you know, that sort of funny yeah. iPhone, Apple ring. Type and and the, the car itself is a character. Yeah, we, you know, we wanted that. Car, that's, it's beat up. It's old. We can't really. What is it? Is it's that a timeless the, piece. Is that a Chevy? <laughs> was that an Impala? What is that? Is that I think the, it was a, yeah, I think it was a Chevy. It was, we were kind of going for. I can't remember how we found that. We found it's it on like some sort of. Genuine, genuine 1980s. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we were going door, for eighties. Uh, American exactly. car, um, exactly, exactly. And, and uh, to see it, see it rolling on 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 the one hundred and one in L.A. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, it is. It's funny and dark at the same time because this is the yeah. same kind of reference that you know some of the serial killers that from the eighties that we were scared of yeah. were yeah. stalking stalking the prey in. Um, but yeah. at the same time, when we big trunk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, when we think about this car, it's not it's not a Mustang. It's not a Corvette. It's not any of the souped up muscle cars that uh, um, a lot of people like to fondly think of when they go back to the 80s. It's the jalopy. It is the jalopy. It's the the hoopty. He's the the office guy, you know, shirt and tie, you know, your bog standard generic guy in an office. Mm-hmm. and and this is his car he's never changed it it's still ticking along somehow um but also it's a character in itself you know that, that we were in it we knew we were going to be in it for the whole film yeah so we need a car that is obviously cinematically appropriate um but also i mean if i didn't if i we needed a telephone just narratively to help us out mm-hmm. ideally i wouldn't have had any phones and we could have arguably if we weren't on the 101 we could have sold that to everybody that we weren't in this sort of we were in a you know completely different time um or at least weren't in the present our our time now uh 2021 2022 but i, I yeah the, the remarkable thing about it is that the the we know it's la without yeah. any uh yeah. blatant reference to la both at yeah. nighttime and uh at um 
the the opening opening scene and there are no dramatic wide shots that show this panorama of la to tell mm. people this is la but mm. for some reason in the rendering of your film we we know yeah. from the opening this is la yeah. and you will find somebody driving along the 101 or inland empire or i don't know yeah. uh, west la in a chevy impala um, and God forbid they get stopped by the police because they probably have something in the trunk of their, their car. Oh, they, not they necessarily well not necessarily a body, but something yeah. in the trunk of their car. Okay, so trick question. Okay. Imagine imagine you are driving this Chevy Impala and mm. uh, maybe the, uh, the um, inspection is overdue and oh. you get pulled by the police. What do you do? Oh my God, I'd be very nice. The American police are, you know, not like the English police where I'm from in, no. in, in England. So no. we, I think we get, and I have been stopped a few times, both here and there, um, and they're much less forgiving here. So mm. I would be uh, definitely on the back foot. I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. That's a good question. I think I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd get out my pleas and thank yous and hope for the best. Well, well, our hero Marty gets pulled by the police. He gets pulled by uh, <laughs> a tobacco chewing. Yes, he does. Um, uh, sort of a uh, cop. Uh, yeah. And um, things go left very, very quickly. As you said, they go from worse to even worse. Yes, to even um, worse. Where his, uh, his um, shotgun passenger, the psychopathic mm. Irishman, mm -hmm. offs the cop. And yeah. I didn't have a jump scare so much, but I did jump because I was shocked that it it uh, it was so perfectly placed um, <laughs> that I I kind of jumped and I didn't jump because I was scared. I jumped because I was shocked that it took place in the okay, that's in the good. moment. So it, it it caught me by surprise, and then I laughed out loud. So <laughs> maybe that says that says a lot about me. Yeah, um, you are a sick bastard, aren't you? <laughs> that's my <laughs> reputation. So, so the the these moments, these these left turns, you mm. no pun intended, but these left turns that you have in the film, um, when you are in the process of, for example, uh, finessing the script and then getting it to the point of of uh, filming it and it, getting it on its feet, um, yeah. how do you sort of plan ahead for the big left turns without? um pulling focus from everything else how do you throw them in there and and get the audience to to be uh shocked as i was without, yeah that's uh, a good question without sort of tipping your hat i mean yeah i think for me it's so many elements as mm -hmm. you well know like uh, you know sound well i was really lucky so we i'll just backtrack and give a little bit of context we shot this um just before the pandemic started so mm. we we la i think we finished on the 4th of march oh wow um and you know people were i think there was talk of a something going around but no one was sick on our set and mm -hmm. um obviously you know a few weeks later maybe not even a month later everything was locked down so i had a movie by then right and mm. i had all the dailies and and i needed an editor to to assemble assemble the piece so I went through my my agency which is Gersh and and I I actually one of my um favorite editors is Gary Roach and he's done you know some of my favorite films he's worked with Clint Eastwood mm. most of his career and and he did Prisoners which I just love 
um, uh, and 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 among many other films. And so I reached out to his agent through mine, and I asked if he was available because I knew that unless he was cutting a film, which he wasn't, that that he wanted me to keep busy because Lord knows how we didn't know at the time how long we'd be doing this for, but. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for me, he you know he had a bit of a clean slate for mm-hmm. for a few months, so he ended up working on my film, and and he and we created a great relationship, and he was amazing. Um, I learned so much from. I mean, as you know, editing is is you know you need a great editor for yeah. for to make a great film, and I think without that, it would have been a very different film. Um, and so you know, for those sort of jumps, you know, he could help better it. And, and, and also things that, you know, that scene, we had a bit of a, with that cop scene, the t- we had one torch and it broke, unfortunately, because it fell or we, I think the cop slammed it against something. And so we were without that light. And so that light we established was, was a sort of whitish light. And we wanted, oh, sorry, it was a more sort of yellowish light. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause throughout the film, we wanted to, we actually picked locations which had sodium vapors and mm. uh, lighting because you know we wanted that sort of uh, visual kind of the timelessness rather than the led lighting that, that is horrible around the city and so we wanted that with a torch and anyway long story short we basically had to shoot around that scene and thank god for gary because he helped kind of make it a lot better than than it probably was and and some of the angles that we were sort of stuck because of this torch was established so anyway i think for a lot of that that was thanks to to the editor and then you throw in the sound design which mm. was a guy called jason king who's you know done star is born and mm. and then worked on many many of, of, of clint's films as well and gary brought him in and and he just you know we didn't have a foley artist but he basically kind of because again he was in lockdown and and messing around wanted to keep busy in his studio and he just you know did all of the car door stuff and the footsteps mm. and it just mm. all of that atmosphere lends itself to building tension and 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 helping an audience just immerse themselves into this world um and so yeah i mean i went and assembled the team and we shot it and narratively we we pretty much did it page for page but you know obviously the film you saw was a few scenes light um but all in all, I think all of those elements come together. And that's what I love, I think, as a filmmaker is, is mm. you know, you have a composer, you know, the composer I probably work the hardest with. I think that's the toughest thing because you try and communicate a sound and a feeling and he has to go away and, and create that through your articulation, mm. which is incredibly difficult but i i'm such a fan it's of, it's, you know, again, it's a it's a it's a different language for communicating to a communicating something visual musician. to someone exactly to someone exactly. who works with the sound yeah instruments and, and yeah. feeling yeah. And so but he gets it you know again same thing happened you know i got um, marco beltrami's manager and he was available to do some stuff and obviously he's you know like an Oscar nominated um, mm. composer. And so him and his son and a guy called Ben Babylon, who mm-hmm. comes from a long line of, of, of music, um, they all worked together on it and composed. And I went to his place and we uh, sort of uh, saw it on the big screen and, and with proper sound. And it was just incredible, that whole process. So, you know, I can't I take full credit, but I think like um, I learned a lot in communicating 
this sort of sound and, and then we just went full like synth with 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 it and it really lent itself to this film and mm. um you know a little i tried to evoke a little bit michael some of michael mann's work and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and and yeah so i for those sort of twists and turns you can you need such a team of people um you know i i, I had a a friend of mine who helped me with the practical effect on that which was the sort of squirt of blood you know and we only had two shots at it and the mm. first time it wasn't it was it was i don't think it, it really got on his face it was more on his shirt so then we had to you know go again and then it wasn't really enough but we had to continue shooting so ideally i would have probably gone much bigger with the blood mm. in that and might and that might have helped so i don't know it's it's all it was all quite a it, it was just an amazing experience to work with these high, high caliber people uh, behind the scenes and on obviously during the shoot. But um, I was amazed at how much the film was pushed post, um, you know, post shooting. I mean, we were so lucky as well with the DP, like, fuck, we, you know, we were going to shoot this on in 2019, mm-hmm. um, way before Christmas. And, and we had three other DPs that we actually scouted with one of them and the other two was just not right. But, you know, they couldn't narratively, you know, they were great, but I think it takes a, you know, we had a limited budget and we needed someone who could think on their feet and, and, mm. and really work with under, under real limitations. Um, mm-hmm. And some people who are used to shooting these like million dollar commercials, they're used to all the toys. Yeah, we weren't going to yeah. have that uh, ever. Yeah. You know, we I think we had a steady cam a couple times. And but isn't that the isn't that the magic and the, it, it the is thrill the of filmmaking it, when you it when really you is push yourself to do more with absolutely less? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. I was, I was, and and we ultimately we, you know, me and Matt went back to the drawing board and we uh, in the new year we said let's let's find the right DP for this because mm. we knew we needed a hell of a cinematographer and we knew we wanted someone who would love the script and and we could have someone who could you know put their stamp on it and 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 ultimately we yeah we sort of went through IMDb and did it old school and looked at some of the films we liked and we found um, Daniel Katz who was responsible for shooting Curfew which was a really great short film that won the Academy Award and might have been 2012 and uh read the script, loved it. And he was, the timing was just incredible. He actually lives in Ireland, but he mm-hmm. was coming over to LA to help someone, one of his other friends shoot something. And that just the dates were like, this is it. We have this week. We have like five, six days. This is when, and, and he came and, you know, took no money and he just wanted to be housed and he put, he wanted to put the money into the film. And so we got, uh, you know, a great, you know, the RE Alexa mini, we got wow. Foxy and anamorphic lenses nice. and we went and got uh, tested in a studio because I was, you know, do we would use spherical lenses or do we use anamorphic and anamorphic lends itself to the world because that yeah. sort of dreamscapey visual, um, you know, it's just has that beautiful kind of, I, I wanted full, it to be get that full scope of the, of, of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, uh, and and obviously you shoot for the cinema, right? You want a mm-hmm. two thirty five sort of aspect ratio and widescreen, and yeah, we we didn't we weren't messing around, so it was great to go and play with all the toys and and um, and have him come and you know um, yeah emotionally get into the story. You know, he, he's a storyteller and he's an ex gaffer, so you know with uh, I think he was basically telling our gaffers, you know, as great DPs do, you know, like the Roger Deakins of the world, they. You know, he made, I mean, that scene, you know, actually removed one of those scenes, but, you know, how he lit a whole road 
in the middle of nowhere in the pitch mm. black with just one light was just mad it, it was um i was really impressed so yeah i was i was just so chuffed to to be a part of something that you know um you know we executed our vision ultimately and uh listeners that is our guest josh bowman who has brought to us the film the night passenger now if you haven't yet seen the film what are you waiting for you can watch it at uh, flickfair.com in fact we have a clip from the film and we're going to play it right now we'll be right back this is the flickfair film festival official podcast I swear to fucking God, I'll do it. There's nothing like a kick in the nuts, then. Remind you of being a man's all about. You enjoying this, Miss Ford? Seems to me like you are. Don't forget to get to your Flickfair Film Festival official Festival Pass, where you can watch any number of films that include documentary, feature, science fiction, romance, adventure, comedy, and so much more. Where? Flickfair.com. Get your Festival Pass today. Have you downloaded the Flickfair official app from Google Play or the App Store? Well, if not, do it now. And now you can take the movie magic wherever you go. This is the Flick Fair Podcast, and we are tuned in. Welcome back to the Flick Fair Film Festival official podcast with yours truly, Akil Wingate. Our guest is Josh Bowman, who is the filmmaker that brought to us the film, The Night Passenger. Well, Josh, uh, I have to say, um, the texture of this film is gritty, but so is L.A., and mm. the the authenticity that we get from the screen, from watching it, I felt like I was back in LA immediately. Um, and then uh, on top of it, it. <laughs> yes and no, <laughs> yes and no. Yes, yes for it, for the great weather, the beach and that kind of thing, but no for knowing that, you know, some dodgy character might be driving yeah. along in a Chevy Impala, just like uh, our, our hero here. Um, did you, always know that uh filmmaking was going to be your path growing up no no not at all at all at all, at all. i was um i was really into sports as a growing up in england and uh -huh. i was a i was a rugby player oh, for okay. my whole life really yeah and and uh -huh. i i went in um I, I left school to play rugby i got scouted to go and play into the in the as you guys would probably say the big leagues uh -huh. and and go and do that for a living but after like not even six months I got injured oh, wow. uh, I had a shoulder that kept dislocating so um that was it for me and you know what it was funny like as soon as that that happened I was almost like a weight lifted off of me because I knew that ultimately it wasn't what I was meant to be doing there was more to life than you know mm. yeah, sport is it's just uh, I've such great respect and admiration for sportsmen but you know it's gladiator life and it's yeah. it's yeah. it's just uh, very very difficult to sustain and um and so shortly after that I, I was into the drama and, and acting and at school but I wasn't really I never really took it seriously I didn't think you can make a living out of it I wasn't mm -hmm. you know I was one of those people that's like nah 
you know and it's not really instilled in you in, in England like it's mm. you know mm. we kind of dumb things now well, not dumb things now but we, we we don't really like to America I think when I came here I went to New York and studied acting for a year and I went wow you know there's just it's a different mentality and and things suddenly become possible like the impossible becomes possible and you guys are masters at that or at least making people believe that mm. that there is a sort of dream and, and I, I really bought into that sort of dreamer um lifestyle and 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 just collaborating with fellow artists and, and the whole and, suspension of this yeah musicians yeah. and poets yeah. and actors and writers and directors and and so yeah acting has been really my 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 focus for the last decade and mm. then you know in the last sort of three years I you know you start to look outside the box and, and look at you know okay what stories do I want to tell how much control can I kind of get um and ultimately i've sort of decided that it's better to choose than be chosen mm. um mm. just through so many disappointments and as everyone has right now that is um, that's that's some excellent advice i think you are and I'm, I'm not just saying this i think you are the first guest this season to actually say it in exactly that way um mm. so many uh auteurs who have come through have alluded to that but no one has said it exactly that way so precisely yeah um, yeah what... to choose and be chosen i i think like ultimately like that's we all have we're all storytellers we're all mm. around the campfire as cavemen telling you know uh stories of the past and the future and, and the present and, and i think um ultimately that's what it's all about i think mm. just you know what's in your heart and i think sometimes and, and not everyone wants to do that that's fine but i think uh, i've when i've been on sets I've, I've always gone i can do something different or i can mm. not better it but improve in some way or, or i will put my stamp on things and, and ownership take ownership and really uh, and, and and for me the most exciting thing is is really bringing all the pieces together you know uh, bringing the storytellers bringing the people who are amazing at, at what they do and everyone putting into the soup and, and making something beautiful and, and exciting. And I think that for me, I get off on because that's, you know, from, from ink on a page to something on screen is, is, is really quite, when you see it done on a small scale, I can mm -hmm. only, you know, imagine, you know, what it's like um, on the bigger scale. Have you, have you been able to translate some of the sort of philosophy of being a part of a team and, working upon yes, a, a synchronicity from, from rugby Abs to absolutely mm. absolutely and I, there's no difference it's it's really the same um uh, and again yeah i love that part of it as is, mm. is is it's teamwork and discipline and you know it's it's a sport in itself it's an extreme sport you know yeah. it's it's a it's a, the sort of war of this this attrition right you just get broken down broken down and you hear no so many times um and it's really just picking yourself up and and mm. and uh, it always momentum it's about momentum right and, and keeping that belief that 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 you know if it's not for someone it's going to be for someone else you know mm. there's seven and a half billion of us so yeah. why wouldn't someone enjoy you know you like the sort of dark uh, you know comedies and, and i do too so there's synchronicity in that and i yeah i love all that but i, I really do I'm, I'm into that i also imagine there's a a, a whole uh, component of an adrenaline rush that comes with it as well, especially uh, the risk taking involved. Oh my with, uh, God. Venturing yeah. into something that you possibly might not have done before, or just the, yeah. the uncertainty of how is this going to turn out? 
uh, yeah i mean we're all still we're all still the kids putting on shows after dinner for our parents right mm, i think mm. like you know trying to look for that sort of uh, yes wow what, what a great performance or i think there's all of that in, our, in, in us as artists we have that sort of uh, we're children and and mm. we you know we're storytellers and we want to you know i think we get off on that that risk for sure and um yeah i mean jesus as as now as as a director and filmmaker and um you know now shopping out a couple of our you know my features that I, i'm you know going to make you know there's a new sense of responsibility and the world opens up it gets a bit bigger and you go jesus why am i doing this like mm. why, why am i doing this but there's something in you that just keeps going you know what if i don't do it i'll regret it and mm. um you know i'll forever have to live with that and i can't because we have one life and you know yeah. if you do it right once is enough the the filmmakers in the audience who are listening are probably wondering what your advice would be to getting something of this nature on its feet, particularly when it comes to, for example, funding yeah. and uh, 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 coming from from well, the concept to the yeah concrete uh, product, so to speak. Sure, I think for oh, funding, uh, the capital F. For me, I was extremely fortunate. I, you know, I funded it myself because mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to be use my, you know, earnings as an actor um, on a, you know, I've been on a couple of TV shows and, you know, I've put some money aside to, you know, for a rainy day that would potentially fulfill some of my dreams. So that was how I was fortunate. But, you know, before this, <clears throat> I made a, a short film, which for, for not much at all. Um, and you know, that, that went on to go to, you know, a big festival here and do quite well. And, and I think that ultimately everyone can be a filmmaker now with these iPhones, you know, mm. and you can go and make something, you know, today and go out there with a camera, you, you know, team, I, I, I do lean towards working with friends because they have your back mm. and you can rely on them and, you're always going to go from the heart and you're not going to, you know, you, you need to feel, I think it's a medium that you need to feel confident in. You need to, you know, uh, just feel safe, right. To fail because if you're working with people uh, who you don't really know and you're not a bit unsure of, then, you know, you, you're, I think you just open yourself up to more sort of risk and the variables, if you can control as many of them as possible, you're going to be okay. But I think, yeah, I would, for me, I would always start with working with, with friends and collaborators who you've gravitated towards in your life and who get your sensibility so they know mm. this and, the, and you respect potentially their work if they're writers or and you're you're more of a filmmaker you think visually grab a great writer friend who can you know come up with a script doesn't have to be long five ten pages and go and, and go and shoot it um so i think there's no there's no excuses now yes if you want to like broaden out the world and 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 have cast and and bring on more and more people then it's going to cost you and, and obviously locations and, and then uh, you know the insurance and stuff like that is is going to cost but there's no reason why you can't just shoot something you know between two characters in a room there's no one you know uh, having to fund that and so i think it's just becoming creative thinking on your feet being able to pivot and um and logistically figure out how you're going to do it i think that 
already you become a filmmaker like that and I never thought I'd be a, a director I didn't think directing was you know I thought that was so far out from what I'd want to do but I've landed in it somehow because mm. it's you know it's uh, yeah it's something that I I love to do and I think if you follow what you love you can't really fail because you're doing what you love anyway and even if you fail it doesn't really matter because you know you'll have no regrets so I'd rather live my life like that and be kind of wishing and hoping shoulda woulda coulda I can't I can't do mm -hmm. that so um, were there any uh were there any uh absolutely um mouth-dropping surprises that happened during your your filmmaking of uh of well the night passenger we I'll tell you well, I, I think I, I was going to circle back to it but you know there were I'll go to the freeway scene you know that's uh was highly illegal um <laughs> filming right there which I wouldn't recommend but we needed to shoot that there was it, it would have been a worse film without it mm -hmm. and like you see we would have really lost our audience I think if we were shooting you know we needed to make that believable where he could shut the trunk if there was someone in it and run and quickly get out of there um and so when we went to scout that location which again was illegal just pulling over mm. we were in it's a little lay-by on the 101 and uh, we knew that there was no the, the off-ramp was shut down they were they were working on it um and so we knew that we would have that available so we went and scouted there we live nearby so we went okay if we can like time this out so we could get all our shots here we'll just have the camera on the shoulder and just shoot it like we'll just keep the camera rolling we'll never cut and we'll just like shoot you know both ways front and back and and maybe get a wide if we're lucky but i was just wanted to if we could just if we could get something that it didn't even matter if it was in a one i would have been so happy mm -hmm. and so when we went to scout a sort of week or two before we landed there and and we were with our dp someone within maybe it was two minutes came up behind us and went get out of here you're not allowed to be here like you know move move off and we went oh no <laughs> and so we we're like well for this shot we're going to need a plan b so mm -hmm. our plan b was to just go on a side street and shoot it which was terrible i, I didn't even want that plan but worst case we were going to do it um so we planned that like a military operation we said okay we're just going to have to pray that when we land there that no one's going to come and disturb us and I, can't, I, I still to this day can't believe we pulled it off but <laughs> we landed there you know with guys in the trunk and you know we we shot there and we actually had about 30 minutes wow before someone pulled over and was mm. shouting at us some just pedestrian some absolute i mean just awful person uh, and she just called the cops on us so we then quickly went out and did the wide shot and as we're finishing the wide shot uh, martin's car drives off and within maybe 40 seconds later the cops pulled in and, and obviously we were gone <laughs> and we and it was just to make we just felt like once we got that we could do anything and that we actually left that to the last day of filming um that's the epitome of a run and gun it is exactly a run and gun i mean and, and yeah i still kind of smiled to myself about that because it was um yeah it was it was it was awesome to to achieve that but um super illegal and then there were a couple other yeah cheeky maneuvers we've done uh, i think the tunnel shot was you know out the back of our truck mm. with our dp strapped in you know which could have almost bloody killed him wow. and he's pulling them you know 
uh, in a shot where they, they're, they're driving right up to the car and he's got them on a, you know, sort of, um, I mean, yeah, they were maybe like 10 feet from the car on that shot. It was crazy, some of the shit we did. Like, like hand, handheld, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Uh, it's, he's we he's, had he's out the back and, and he's, 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 he's got it handheld or something, right? Yeah, he's, well, he's got this, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's almost actually like, it's like a, it looks like a scorpion. It's like a, it kind of goes over his head. And it's oh, like a, okay. an arm and it's on like a, a sort of a wire. And it's it's handheld, but it's like a steady handheld, so okay. it doesn't mm -hmm. give. It's not like super shaky, um, which actually we used for quite a few shots. It was really good, and he's great. You know, he he operates. So we we got super lucky with with Daniel Katz, the DP, as well, with mm -hmm. the fact that he can he knows lighting very very well. He was a gaffer. He operates. You know, and with an anamorphic lenses, that camera is not light. I mean, no. I think I was responsible for one shot in there. That I was because we were in the car shooting uh in the beginning with the you know uh marty and he's on the phone and there was a couple of shots that i did because we just i was in the front and we hadn't time to like swap seats and get out and do all that so i, I had like a couple shots and they were really shaky you might not you probably notice it if you look back at it but you know i was like wow respect you know to you yeah. to you yeah. know hold such a massive camera but yeah those moments were but those what that's what keeps you kind of going back it's like golf you know you have like two amazing shots that you're like wow and the rest you're horrible mm. but those two shots will, will have you coming back you know the next week to try and you know conquer the game well uh speaking of uh of uh the game getting into the next inning what do you have coming up anything <laughs> that you can tease uh... yeah i've got a great script called great north which mm -hmm. is a um, coming of age drama um it's sort of about the aftermath of a tragedy in, in a rural new england town and there's a unlikely bond formed between a high school hockey player and a grieving father um mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's a it's a really beautiful story um where i'm you know, now looking for, you know, I'm Zooming with a couple of actors for that role. Um, and we also have got the rights to a book called The Captive, which is like a rural uh, Western noir hmm. in a, in set in like a dystopian future, hmm. um, which is really, really exciting, which I have uh, my wife, Emily Van Camp, attached to. And we are now writing the script. So those are the two things. But Great North is, is, is sort of next in the pipeline. And we are, you know, assembling. Our, we have our casting director and, and uh, we're just assembling our cast now and, and, and finding the rest of the money. So. And when are you when are you hoping to go into? Uh, well, it's pushed. We were hoping by the end of this year is, is mm -hmm. the aim. So that's going to be my focus this year is, is yeah, bringing the financing in and assembling our cast and you know obviously yeah we have some some great names that we're trying to attach so oh, we'll exciting. see yeah well, i'm really excited about that it's it's actually it's couldn't be more different from the night passenger actually it's a much more uh, grounded mm. uh, sort of gritty uh, drama that uh, sort of evokes manchester by the sea place beyond the pines winter's mm. bone mm. Uh, those types of films um, mm. but it's a real actor's piece so i'm really really excited to you know get into that and, and and explore that world and um yeah i'm i'm yeah it's it's 
it's exciting that one so i'm we've been working on it for a few years matt has written the script same writer as the night passenger uh-huh. and um yeah we'll see we'll see how it unravels now uh speaking of matt and some of your other collaborators you have a production company uh, yeah march mm-hmm. 4th media yeah we um we started it uh just as we were doing our first short film and and so we're now just sort of actively looking for financing really um finding you know long-term sort of investors who will back us in our stories and there's obviously several scripts we have ready to go so it's just a question of finding the right investors you know there's so many out there but um there's a lot of contingencies you know i I don't i'm sure your listeners some of them are a lot of them would be filmmakers and people in the industry so it's uh, they'll know what i'm talking about with Mm. you know trying to assemble you know a feature film and getting the right um people attached but ultimately it's finding the right money as well and and uh who's going to back you and you know, then it gets into cost, and is that is that cost uh, financeable? Mm. Do you see returns on on them as you know from a sales perspective and territories? And we're getting into all of that, um, really. And that's that's a new world for me because um, you don't really doesn't matter with short films, but in the feature world, you know, it's mm. a business, and yeah. people want to see returns on their investment. And um, so, yeah, but you know, I'm interested in you know. Uh, quite original stories and dramas particularly thrillers westerns um and so yeah we've got a few of them ready to rock and it's just a question of you know assembling the right people because that for me is is the main thing i i i'm not necessarily ready i don't just sort of want the money to go and do it it, it's not about that because you could fuck it up very 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 quickly i I need the right people in the camp to Mm. you know um fulfill what we want to do and that that takes time in itself where can uh some of uh our listeners your new fans uh mm. find you where can they find you well i've got, I've got Inst- I, 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 we have a, a sort of instagram for our for our company march fourth media uh, i think it's march underscore fourth underscore media but um i i've actually remained quite anonymous really i'm a bit of a an enigma or at least I hope to be. I've never really been into putting my hand up and waving it around. I'm definitely a little more old school in that. Um, I might sound pretentious, but I'm not. I don't mean to be. I, I really just don't. Uh, I have, don't think I've bought into the whole, uh, you know, you've, new you've gone, new you've era. Gone into witness protection. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like <laughs> I like to. Uh, you know, I think the wonderful thing about. You know, I think Denzel said it. He was like, why would I, if they if they see me every day, why would mm. they pay for me on the weekend? Mm. <laughs> and um, and I, I agree with it. I know what he's saying there. It's, you know, um, I, I just sort of, I'm intrigued by people who kind of remain a little bit more anonymous. And, and um, yeah, I mean, look, my main aim is if I can make my, films and uh, find people who can invest in those and invest in me Mm. that's 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 all i'm in it for and telling stories and collaborating with amazing artists who better me and i learn something i think that's what we're doing here isn't it really um at the end of the day yeah yeah well listeners that is our guest josh bowman who has brought to us the film the night passenger and as you've heard he's got 
several things uh, brewing in the fire coming up. So <laughs> keep your ears peeled and uh, be on the lookout for all those uh, exciting projects. We we definitely uh, are going to be watching with uh, with anticipation because um, oh, it truly you. was a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, Akil, thank you for your time and thanks for bringing me on and chatting. And it's lovely. Reinvigorates me actually to go about the Friday going, go get it. Yeah. Go get it. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listeners, as you've heard, we've come to the end of yet another Click Fair Film Festival official podcast. But just like this episode with our guest, Josh Bowman, we'll have another exciting guest next week. So until then, take care. <laughs>